Hey guys, welcome back to Conversations with Tia Mila with me, Camila. Um, so on today's episode, we're actually going to be taking a look at toddlers and technology. So just quick background on me. I am your host, Camila, and I am a first year student here at Miami University, and I'm studying speech pathology and audiology, and I'm actually the middle child out of four. Um, so I have an older sister. She's a lot older than me. She's 12 years older than me, so that puts her at, she's 30, my older brother's 24, and my youngest sister is 16. So out of the four of us, the oldest two are millennials, and then my sister and I are Gen Z. So being from the different generations, we're a little different, you know, the way we act, sometimes the way we think, um, the way we actually interact with others, and the way that we speak. Um... And so those differences, I just want to look and see if those differences are because of technology. Like, you know, some technology is a little different. Going from 90s kids to 2000s, there's some difference. Um, My sister and I grew up with technology evolving right around us. Like, we grew up as um, the iPhones were coming out and the iPods. Um... So as we grew up, so did technology, whereas my older sister, when she went to high school, she had a cell phone, not a smartphone like I do. I love my iPhone. <laughs> um, it's so great. So just the difference of having, you know, whereas I have the Internet right here, right now, on my fingertips at the phone, whereas my sister had just a phone where you download the music that you want instead of, you know, looking it up on Spotify. Um, so, yeah, I just want to see what those differences and technology can do to the new generation because now the new generation gen alpha um is literally born into tablets basically like they're born with iphones in their hands (laughs) um just because three-year-olds now have their own tablets they know how to use facetime they know how to use remotes and look things up they're just so technologically advanced like, I'm sure that my two-year-old nephew would know how to use things better than I would. And I'm 18. <laughs> so, I just want to look and see what those... The difference of having technology around you all the time can do to people's language development. Because when kids are born, up until they're five, that is the most important time for language development. And it's actually called the critical period. So, that's why when people are learning languages multiple languages it's so important to learn them when you're younger because it's just so quick your brain is so malleable when you're a little kid that you can just make those connections to different words and languages so much quicker than when you're an adult like I when I was little um I knew Spanish like I was bilingual when I was three but then I had to stop learning it so I totally forgot it and here I am sitting in college classes trying to learn Spanish and I just feel like a real dummy because it's so much harder (laughs) and I have cousins who are like five years old and can speak Spanish and English perfectly so just the critical period is so important for the language development and now kids have technology everywhere like they just cannot avoid it um so it's just so easy for kids, you know, to watch TV because TV shows now are supposed to be like super educational, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Doc McStuffin. Those shows are supposed to be educational. Um, so it's easy to just sit and watch them and the kids are supposed to be learning. Um, so that's what we're going to look into and see if that is actually true. So here, 
we're going to go over a couple of the milestones in language development of kids. Um, so, by the time they are six months old, they should be babbling and saying vowels together like ah, eh, e, o, u. So, just kids making random noises, that's actually their language developing. Um, and they should be able to respond to sounds by making more sounds. So, like, if they hear a bang, you know, they go bang. And so, kind of that recognition of language. Um, and then by the time they are a year old, they should be saying, um, mama, dada, uh-oh, like simple syllables, like one to two syllable words. Um, and they try to say words that you say. So not, not great language, but they're getting the point that you know, that's how we talk and everything. So, and they should be adding simple gestures to words like shaking your head when you say no or waving when you say bye-bye. Um, and being able to change the tone of their voice and pitch. So, my nephew, when he was little, there was a song and it would go, ooh-wee-oo, ooh-wee-oo. So, all the time, he would just go around and go, ooh-wee-oo, ooh-wee-oo, because you can hear the difference in pitch of those. And, yeah. So, and then... Finally, by the time 18 months, um, they should be saying several single words. I think it's about 25, 50 words. Um, and they should be able to, like, say no um, and shake their head at the same time, kind of like that one-year-old, and point to what they want and be able to recognize what they want and communicate that with the adults around them. And then two years old is the official mark of toddlerhood. Um, and by the time they're two, they should be saying small sentences, like two to four words, and pointing things at books and having that recognition of reading, um, and being able to recognize people and know the names of people, like grandma, mama, tia, um, yeah, and repeating words that they hear from other people. So the way that those milestones in a child's language develop, um, there's one theory that people discuss, and it's called the social pragmatic framework. And basically it says that children learn words, mapping new words, um, by social cues and interactions with adults. So those conversations between children and adults is that that's the way that they're learning words. By hearing people repeat certain words, they assume that that word has that meaning. Or people pointing to an object multiple times and kids understanding, oh, that's a dog or, oh, that's a cat. Um, so that actual physical face-to-face -face conversation between adults and people is so important because that's how kids actually acquire their language um and that can't really be like the replacement of technology between that um where people are kids are just watching shows or playing games like yeah kid can see a monkey holding a bee for banana but like that is going to be completely different in their brain than like an actual block that has the letter b or an adult telling them that that's the letter b there the technology kind of may create a barrier between a kid learning the actual words and that kind of thing so 
I don't know if technology can really be a replacement for those actual interactions between adult and child. So, there's this article from Pediatrics, which is the official journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics, and they discussed this study where seven researchers looked at about almost 300 families with kids from two months to 48 months year old. So, 48 year months old. <laughs> Looking at kids from two months to about four years old, and they looked at the kids' development over a year and a half. Um, so they looked at the children's development, um, their language development, and to see how actual conversations between adult and child and TV, um, kind of how those play into the actual language development of the kid. And they found actually no correlation between TV and conversations. But they did find that TV on its own was not so greatly impacting these kids' language development. That goes along with this other study published in the ASHA Leader, which is um, a monthly publication by ASHA, the American Speech Language Hearing Association. Um, and this study was done back in 2017 um, at a children's hospital in Toronto, Canada, where they looked about almost 900 kids um, about the same age last time in the other study, about six months to two years old. And they all uh, looked at the kids at the 18-month checkup. And they found that 20% of the kids had about 30 minutes of screen time a day, um, similar to the TV in the back in the last study. So after doctors screened them at their 18-month checkup, um, they found that kids who did have about 30 minutes of screen time, each 30 minutes would increase their risk of a language delay by about 50%. Um, but they didn't find the links of these language delay and TV in different types of communication, but not specifically speech. But they found they didn't find it in gestures and body communication, like body language and social interactions. So that's why, fun fact, a lot of people do learn baby sign and teach their babies um, baby sign because... Kids do understand language way before they can actually produce speech. Um, so that's another thing. Like, you can't really do sign language over the computer unless you're doing FaceTime. Um, and so that's another thing. That interaction between people, that is super beneficial to the kids and being face-to-face -face and like being direct with what you want like i think this is water um oh i don't remember i think this is milk um yeah so baby sign is actually super super cool um and can go along with language development so now we're gonna go look at an interview that i did with my older sister lauren um and we just talked about her thoughts on technology and toddlers and language development um yeah so take a look at that right now so hello lauren thank you for coming on the podcast today so i know who you are but would you mind introducing yourself to everyone 
Hi, my name is Lauren Olson, and I am actually a graduating medical student in two weeks, so uh, soon to be Dr. Olson, and I will be starting my pediatric training in Las Vegas. Um, I have a two-year-old son, and I'm married. Um, I'm from Florida, live in Tampa right now, and I have a very cute dog named Layla. So does Remy go to like any daycare or what kind of stuff does he do during his day? Um, so he goes to daycare five days a week. He goes there full time. He's usually there from nine to 10 hours most days. And um, he has two teachers in his room. Um, he went from six until uh, 13 months, and then at 13 months till 18 months, he, um, he was out, um, and he was just at home with us and with you up in Ohio mm -hmm. for the summer, and then from 18 months until now, he is 26 months now, so two and two months, um, so most of the time he has been in daycare. So do you, like, with his language, have you seen any, like, differences since him going, just like that gap, like, when he was at home with us and then him going back to school, did you see, like, any differences with maybe, like, the amount of words he was talking or just in general? As you know, um, Remy is a little different than your average two-year-old. So mm -hmm. he was meeting his milestones before and he was babbling on time, saying mama, dada on time. Um, he's met all of his physical milestones. Um, but we noticed that he wasn't talking as much as he should be um, around the, I would say around 11 months. He wasn't quite where I thought he would be, um, especially seeing kids in uh, the clinics all the time. I see a lot of young kids and um, notice who's meeting milestones and who's not. So um, with him at 15 months is usually when a, a doctor will ask different questions about words and speech. And he was not saying the amount of words that um, he's supposed to. So by 18 months at the end of the summer and after being home, um, he really was not at the even 25 word goal, maybe at 15 words. Um, and we noticed that he wasn't talking as much. So the pediatrician sent us for a speech evaluation and a hearing test. And we were very surprised to hear that he had moderate hearing loss and he just wasn't hearing us. And that's why um, he, he wasn't talking. Um, so with that, we realized that he had double ear infections and we couldn't clear them. And so he kept having um, these ear infections and he had no fever, or any symptoms. So we just didn't know for a long time. Mm -hmm. So after trying to clear them with antibiotics and um, with allergy medicine, it was clear that he would need tubes in his ears. So um, the week before he turned two, uh, he did get tubes in his ears with an ENT and all the fluid drained. And he um, now after his repeat hearing test, 
is labeled with only mild to normal hearing loss because um, he just was uncooperative for the last part of the test. So, Mm -hmm. which is why you don't usually do a hearing test on a two-year-old. They usually happen at four. Mm -hmm. So uh, long story short, um, he, his speech hasn't really changed with daycare. Um, Mm -hmm. He's currently in daycare um, and he's surrounded by kids who do talk and he interacts with them all the time. Um, And he actually has learned a lot of sign language at daycare because he wasn't talking. His teachers taught him quite a few signs um, at daycare, like um, all done, thank you, more. Um, He even knows the sign for diaper, uh, different things like that. So um, in one way, yes, daycare has really helped with that part of his his language skills, Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily speech, but with sign language. And then um, with this year, masks have been a detriment for kids with any sort of hearing problem because Mm -hmm. you can't see them form the words. And so we are working with his daycare to try and get them to wear these masks that have a clear panel so they can see the mouth. But we're really hoping with that, that'll help since he's there for over 50 hours a week and he spends his most time with them. Mm-hmm. So like since at daycare, he doesn't like um, see them speaking. So like at home, you guys watch videos, right? So like what kind of videos do you guys kind of watch that for like him? Um, so he loves Cocomelon. Um, I am not a fan of Cocomelon. I don't think it's educational. I don't think it helps with your speech or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. honestly just, but they love all of the songs. Mm-hmm. They're very catchy. <laughs> they're super catchy. And, um, but he also loves um, Simple Songs, which is another program. He likes Elmo, Mickey Mouse. Um, because of his speech, we actually found a few videos um, where it's actually speech therapists are helping Mm -hmm. to create these videos to help toddlers learn to talk. And so it actually has someone with either a box with their mouth or it has a person like really sounding it out just like how he has it at daycare. One he really likes is called Songs for Littles. Mm -hmm. And he loves Miss Rachel and that and that one is great. And so those are the things that he watches at home. And then as far as things that we do at home that his speech therapist has recommended is things like um, gesturing with the words that we say. Um, So like bubbles, we do bubbles, more Mm -hmm. bubbles. um, And like when he wants milk, we say more milk, uh, things like that. So we're kind of, we're trying to, we're learning Mm -hmm. how to incorporate that stuff. That's awesome. So I think, yeah, I just think like the sign language and the actual thing is like, great. That's all. Um, so another just random question for you is, since you are much older than Bella and I, like 12 years older and a millennial compared to when we're Gen Z, do you think that like growing up, like, because we Bella and I grew up with not too much around us like we kind of grew up as technology was like evolving compared to like when you grew up in the 90s it was like the flip phones and the tv but like do you think kind of how Remy now like growing up as like 
generation alpha like they're like born into technology like everywhere do you think that like have those differences of like technology around you can like have an effect on anything like this can be like your personal opinion or doctor opinion (laughs) um yeah so um between generations I don't think it really matters what generation you're from Mm um especially starting with millennials because we had tv all the time we had Mm -hmm. technology we had video games we had computers we Mm -hmm. had yeah all that stuff I mean yes we had some dial up and things like that like you couldn't play video games while your mom was on the phone but (laughs) you still had Nintendo you that was more computer things like Mm -hmm. internet and um so you still had a lot of technology around and I think it was became more of a problem with my generation than previous ones mm-hmm. um, because it became accessible to children. There was a lot more technology accessible for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as that goes, I think a lot of it has to do with parenting. Mm-hmm. So if your parents allowed you to watch TV all day, um, yeah, I don't think you're your speech might not be as great as someone who is interacting with another person more. Um, There are definitely studies that show that if you're using technology in the right way, it can be very beneficial. So Mm -hmm. um, you really want to limit your technology as as much as possible. But we're also in a world where um, you can't avoid it. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. So it has, it comes down to your choices. So the choice there's really no true educational video that people used to think like especially with you two were little little einsteins mm-hmm. people really thought that that was very educational and really helping their kids and it's really shown that no it's not any different from any old cartoon so like as far as for you and me for we had the same parents so I think mm-hmm. that kind of is the equalizing factor they were very different so they were a lot more tired, but also at the same time, when I was first born, mom was going to school full time and working and dad was working two jobs. Whereas when you guys were born and we were living in an apartment and we were moving around a lot, whereas when you guys were born, we were mm-hmm. in the same house for several years. They owned the house. They were at a point where mom was staying at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very, very different dynamic. But I think at the end of the day, technology wise I don't think our there was that much of a difference there is still Mm -hmm. tv going on there is still cell phones not Mm -hmm. smartphones cell phones and like telephone Mm because at the time cell phones were still more of a phone than like something your kids played with Mm -hmm. um so I think in that case it's very similar Mm -hmm. um But once you get into like teen years and stuff, that's where there's a big difference. Um, Like for me as a teen, uh, there was no access to internet on your phone, Mm -hmm. period. So the access you had to the internet was when you were at home on your computer in the evening, not all day during school. It wasn't all weekend. It wasn't on your phone looking up things automatically. Like if you had songs, it's because you downloaded them and you chose them and you bought them or you mm-hmm. pirated them. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so my point is, 
I think for teenagers, technology has a huge difference on yes, your speech, the way you talk, all that sort of stuff and how mm. articulate you are. And then I think for our adolescents today, um, they are bombarded with technology in a way that is so overwhelming that a lot of people in my generation are having a hard time figuring out and how to deal with all those effects. But I have a fully formed frontal cortex um, in my brain, whereas everyone else under 25, 22, depending on when yours finishes forming, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't have that. So you become very impulsive. You're very impressionable. It's very difficult to discern what's real, what's not. Um, and I think that's a problem for a lot of people all over. Um, I think for my son, Generation Alpha, with technology for young kids now, they have iPads, they have uh, the phone. So that's a very different. Mm-hmm. So where, you know, that's what they're holding in the office. That's what they're holding. Uh, like for me, when I'm seeing them in order for them to be quiet, which I completely understand because no kid likes the doctor's office. <laughs> it's terrible. They hate it. And if it means your kid isn't screaming versus the other kid in the room, I totally understand as a parent um, using it for the doctor's office. Because um, I have, so that he'll sit and he get, we could get the shot because he mm-hmm. needs vaccines. Vaccines are important. Um, and so that was a big tangent. Do you have questions on that? <laughs> so good. Do you have any like questions um, or things you want to add to that? Cause I can go a little bit more on the generation alpha thing. Um, um kind of like with the tablets and everything. Um, just like they are very convenient. Like if your kid's screaming, just here you go. Like, and then they're very content. Like, do you, I don't know, but like, what do you think? And maybe like in the long run, like what? Yeah. So, so there's, there's a balance to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So the, so like with the American Academy of Pediatrics, they recommend as little video watching as possible, period. Mm -hmm. What helps develop your brain and creativity and language skills and all different kinds of social skills is interacting with real physical toys, real physical, creative playtime, um, exercising outside, running. Uh, there's a lot of coordination that goes on with that. There's a lot of muscles and uh, dexterity that happens with that. Um, and socializing behaviors, all different kinds of things that you cannot fulfill with these tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you as a parent have to understand when it's appropriate and when it's not. And I think the AAP is telling us, okay, ideally, we don't want these at all. They're mm-hmm. not helpful for kids, especially under four. Um, we really don't want them for these kids. But it's also like a dentist who tells you don't ever eat sugar. Um, yeah. I'm going to eat sugar at some <laughs> point. So, so it's in everything and it's delicious. So mm-hmm. there's, there is a point where you have to understand this is what would be good for me, but I'm not a robot. So yes. they're telling you, ideally, this is great, but then you have to, you have to figure out, okay, well, what is possible? 
So Mm -hmm. possible things. What helps at daycare is that they don't allow them to be on tablets or watch TV or anything like that. And they're amazing at keeping them busy. They play on the playground twice a day. They're coloring, Mm -hmm. they're doing activities, they're playing with toys, they're singing songs, they're reading books. So I'm so grateful for that because a lot of that is great quality development for Mm -hmm. Remy. Um, whereas a kid at home, it's exhausting to be the only person having to do that and clean up and provide meals and make sure that, you know, they're clean and diapered, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas a daycare, there's a whole team of people who do all of those tasks individually. Um, so when you come home at night and it's after daycare, he's already had 10 hours of great development. You know what? I'm okay with him watching TV in the evening while I cook dinner. Cause you know what? It's mm-hmm. his wind down time. He's had lots of stimulation all day. And, you know, sometimes he wants to just sit and watch Coco Melon or Songs for Littles, or mm-hmm. he loves the movie Soul, um, which is very strange for two. <laughs> it's such very a mature, good movie, though. <laughs> great movie, a very mature subject uh, for yeah. a toddler. And uh, I think he likes jazz. I don't know what it is. So he, <laughs> so I'm okay with that because it's really only maybe an hour of time mm-hmm. that he's doing that and we're eating dinner we're interacting and then we go to bath time and we go to bed mm-hmm. and then you know so um I think it's completely reasonable because you don't want your kid to go to school and not have ever seen any of these games or any of these shows and not be able to interact or relate with other kids mm-hmm. like, like the social so, aspect of it right so there's there is a part of it where you have to find a balance so that your kid isn't the kid who is so sheltered he can't interact with other children yeah um and also um you want to make sure that they're developing on time awesome so i think it's just very important to find that balance of having the technology and then also having the developmental stuff yeah and you know there is there's definitely some things that show that with video games you know actually your hand-eye coordination is pretty great because you're watching and you're moving like your your, your response times are crazy Mm -hmm. Um, but they're also they're they're you know teenagers getting arthritis in their thumbs and needing like they're getting tenosynovitis and like all these different things they like mm-hmm. because they're just like doing this all day, deep, so. deep, deep, the whole time yeah so you need to so I think it just comes down to balance mm-hmm. it's kind of like a diet you know you can eat junk food <laughs> but not all the time <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so um you know and then there's also things where you know if you're watching a movie with your kids and then you talk about the story um, that's actually really good for them to talk and they're comprehending what happened in the mm-hmm. story. You ask follow-up questions or like, how would you feel? Or, wow, what do you think of this? Or, mm-hmm. oh, did you see that? Um, you know, that's, those are totally different skills that they actually could learn. So I think it comes down to, are you engaging your child um, mm-hmm. are, versus are you just um pacifying them Mm -hmm. so and that doesn't take a lot of effort to even just say did you like that movie what was your favorite song you know Mm -hmm. just just asking them questions so they learn how to voice their opinion and formulate their own thought 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, just like the a lot, like asking enough questions to allow them to like expand on whatever they're thinking. Super. Yeah, weird. and express themselves. Yeah, you know, very nice. Well, um, so questions for you. Um, you know, why is there anything that you thought of with technology, or like any thoughts you had? Um, like even with Remy, like how you've interacted with him um, with his speech. I think, honestly, I think that like when we were home, when we were watching like the simple songs, like a lot, I think that it was fun because he would start like doing the dances or even though, cause Bella and I would engage with him, like with the songs. I think it was different when he was just like kind of chilling out watching it versus when Bella and I were up there, like dancing with him, singing it with him. So, and then now he does like the, the fire truck song. He goes, ooh, woo, ooh, woo, woo, woo. I think, I think that yeah. there's like a, there is a good way to like engage children with technology uh, like you said like the yeah. bounds of engaging them and using it to like your advantage yeah. rather than kind of just exactly. like here you go <laughs> yes exactly so it's all about how you're engaging children with it another thing I wanted to bring up with um so with technology so actually facetiming is great for little kids so if mm-hmm. um you know, they get their tablet and, you know, instead of it being like, I would play this game or something, it could be, we use the tablet to call grandma or we use mm-hmm. a ca- tablet to call our cousin or a friend. Um, and that use of technology is very beneficial, especially this last year where we haven't been able to make those connections and stuff. Um, it's, it's been shown to actually be the same as like a conversation, but you know, in person, as far as the benefits of socializing, um, Mm -hmm. recognizing that person because it's interactive. It actually is like a a true face-to-face conversation. So for kids, that's totally fine. Um, so utilizing your tablet or your phone in that way, like, okay, let's make a call to so-and-so. And then you know, that is, that's a great use of technology that mm-hmm. um, Generation Alpha will have for them that is actually very good. That's cool. Even with FaceTime, like nowadays, because usually when you meet in person, you have like the mask covering your face. But when you're on FaceTime, you can see like, even if it's on like the giant iPad, like your face is as big as your face. And you can see yeah. your your mouth moving and doing all of the like formations of the words and everything. Yeah, exactly. That's all. Really I that's amazing. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Lauren, for coming on the show today. You're <laughs> welcome. I'm so happy to to be here, and thanks for listening to my my ranting. No problem. <laughs> We're fun. So after the interview I had with Lauren, um, we brought up she brought up actually a ton of great points. Um, especially about balance and technology. Like, technology is everywhere. It's inevitable. You can't really get rid of it. You need it for daily life. I need it for daily life. Right now, with, you know, the pandemic going on, all I need for school is a computer. Whereas before, all I needed was a pen, pencil, notebook. And so technology is everywhere. It's here to stay. Um, for now, I... I don't know what's going to happen in hundreds of years, but technology is everywhere. It's inevitable. So Lauren brought up a good point that you should use it for your advantage. Um, 
like how she said about kids watching TV. If you're watching TV together, um, ask them questions about it. Ask them and see if they're comprehending what's going on and if they can actually tell you. And that improves their expressive language um, a lot. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to use technology to your advantage and don't, yeah, you know, I like to sit on my phone and watch TV, and I'm sure everyone likes to sit on their phone TV. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> so, you have the information. Um, I think it's, my opinion, I think technology is great. But, you have to use it the right way. Yeah, it's easy to get carried away and watch TV for hours. I do it all the time. I just sit on my bed and watch TikTok, you know. Um, and it's just, I think it's all balance, like Lauren said. It's like a diet. Technology is a diet. <laughs> and on that note, I think um, some really great resources to look into is ASHA.org. They have tons of pamphlets. They have tons of articles. The ASHA leaders on there with their monthly publication. They have, I think all the way back to the 90s of their publications of each month of the ASHA leader. They're a great resource. And if you do think that your kid has a language delay, please go see your pediatrician. They are the trained doctors. They've been doing this for years. Um, and if your child does have a language delay, that's okay. You know, most of the time, kids who do have a delay in language and speech, um, by the time that they're four, a lot of time, everyone's caught up at the same, they're about the same playing field as kids who didn't. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Conversations with Tia Mila. Uh, we hope to see you and hear you on our next episode. Um, and don't forget to check out the other episodes that are out. Thank you so much.